Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. We exist to be a life-giving church in our community that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Here you will find weekly sermons and teachings from our Sunday services. Let's dive into this week's message. You guys welcome to the stage Mr. Jake Smiley, please. I want to set the stage before we dive into Jake's amazing story. Uh, You know, these last two weeks have been intentional. You know, the the first few weeks of these series, we were talking about people that that may have dealt with sickness or something that all of us can kind of rally around, right? Like, like, no, we don't like these things. We don't like disease. We don't like sickness. We don't like things that steal our joy. Uh, But the last two weeks are are a little bit more personal uh, because we're dealing with people. Uh, we're dealing with different people in different situations that happen in our lives. And uh, like I said last week, and you can go to the, all the podcasts or up, but like I said last week, don't, don't get caught up in the people in the story that you miss the story. Because there's something very important that God's trying to, to get you to hear. And as you're listening through all of these that we've seen, as you listen today, I think what you have heard us saying over and over again that this isn't just Jake's story. You're going to find out, like, wow, that, that's my story. You know, and, and then all of a sudden, there's the his story, which is the God story that's in that. So let me pray, and we're going to dive into it. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for what you do in our lives. Thank you so much for these journeys. Lord, we thank you so much for the amazing mountaintops. But we also thank you for the endurance you give us during those very low valleys. And may today, may Jake and I move ourselves out of the way. And may everybody see you first in his story. Shame we pray. Amen. Well, Jake, we can want to start out with just a simple concept that, that probably where a lot of people are when growing up, there was a difference between what you thought was reality and then the perception. Uh, in particular, when it came to your dad, you said growing up your dad was, was what to you? Uh, he was my superman. He was everything. Yeah. Yeah. What made him have that in your life? I was an only child. Um, he was my best friend. He was, he never missed a game. He never missed a practice. Um, it was, he was the person that I felt like was always there pushing me to do better. You, you said that uh, when we were talking and, and spending some time uh, talking in particular, and, and the irony is, is that, that this is really special uh, for me today because because Jake's sharing his story, uh, but Jake's story is my story. Him and I have similar stories in this area, and we'll talk more about that later. But you said that as you got older, especially around that junior, senior year in high school, you started realizing that, that perception is not always reality, and, and what was being portrayed to you maybe wasn't always the truth. How did you deal with that? In, in those formative years, you're starting to drive, you're, you're, you're seeing things happen, things are starting to, maybe what you thought was there at the house, you and your mom and your dad are starting to, to separate. How, how did you deal with those things? What did you discover? I, I feel like I dealt with that the same way I dealt with, with the passing of my father. I, I acted like it didn't happen. Um, I felt like, and my my house always felt like a home. It never didn't feel like a home. Um, there was there was arguments, but there was nothing nothing terrible. Um, the Superman that I thought was my father was actually my mother. Um, she she 
to a home that never felt like a home to her always felt like a home to me. Wow, that's powerful. You, you, you made this comment, and I want people to hear it. You said, you know, because the perception is not always reality, and then normal is not always defined by perception. You, you said that a lot of the stuff that you were dealing with, and just like what you addressed with your mom being kind of that glue, the, the reality is, is that you grew up just thinking that this was normal, not realizing that there could be something more. And, and we'll get to the something more later. But then realizing later on, after things started changing in your life, and, and there's the separation of your mom and dad, and, and then we get to this, this moment where kind of everything changes. And, and, I, and I'll let you describe it. Tell us about August the 5th, 2010. Uh, well, I woke up, I believe it was a Friday, I don't remember, um, and I was getting phone calls. It's kind of blurry. I try to block it out. I don't remember exactly, but, but what I remember was getting phone calls asking me where my father was, um, and I didn't know. I, I was on summer break, about to go to college, uh, but something inside of me felt like something was wrong, so I called and called and called, and he never answered, never answered, never answered, and then uh, probably two, three, four hours later, uh, my mom called me and she said, come home. Um, and I, at that point, you know what's gonna happen. Um, but I could never expect how, what, what exactly happened. So I got home and um, my uncle who, <clears throat> I don't know how he did what he did, but he did it better than anybody could have ever done it. But he, he gave us the news that my father had committed suicide and um, he was gone. What was your first reaction when, when, when your uncle so amazingly tells you, hey, your dad's no longer with you, he's, you know, took his own life? What, what was your, I mean, without two, like, what did you do? How, how did you handle that? I got up and left. Got up and walked out the door. Um, and it was quickly started acting like it never happened. I didn't feel anything. I got numb, and numb was safe, I felt like. One of the quotes that you told me when we were meeting is you said, my version of Superman turned into my greatest hurts. And you said your first reaction was to ignore and just get numb. And you said you did that for 10 years. Yeah, that was the fastest 10 years, I think, of anybody's life ever. Um, I don't remember any of it. I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything to forget it. I just didn't live. I acted like... Um, I was trying to get through every day to get to the end of my life to get it over. Mm. I think the thing that hit me when we were talking is you said, I was willing to live my life as a robot, not feeling anything. Like you, you just hit this point where you were like, like you just said, I, I'm just ready to like just get to my days, get through my days and get to the end of this thing. And, and that's kind of where you were, were numb, but also kind of checked out. Yeah. And then you, you started in that process of those 10 years, you started seeing things a little bit clearer. Uh, in particular, and you've already mentioned her, but there was this one lady that keeps pulling on you, trying to pull you out of it, that just, that's just loving you well. And in fact, and you've already said this, you said when it's all said and done, you realize that she was the superwoman the whole time and everything she's been. Tell me how your mom pulled on you so hard to not let you slip what could have been into a very, very, very worse situation? I, I don't know that she pulled physically. She prayed. 
she prayed every day. I could feel it. Um, it was one of those things where I tried my best to feel numb, but I couldn't because I felt her praying. And then she gets remarried to, to I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of options. I mean, it was a pretty good choice for one of the choices she had. <laughs> but here comes Tim into her life. And, and tell, me, tell me how Tim being around changed that situation as far as numb. I think finally seeing my mom happy let me know that I could be happy in some way. And I don't know that any, nobody could have done it better than him. He is incredible. Wow. You, you told me, and I wrote it down, Tim showed me a new reality in something I wanted, and he never tried to be something he wasn't. And, and I can tell you from when my mother got remarried to Randy, I know exactly, I can... I can remember him saying, look, I, I, I'm never going to be your dad, but I, I can be your good friend. And, and having that modeled. And so you, you have this situation. You have your father that's committed suicide. And for those that don't know, my father committed suicide as well. Mine was five days before I turned 13. Uh, we buried him two days before turning 13. And, and so I understand exactly some of these things that Jake is talking about and this numbness and not dealing with it and how do you deal with it. And, and one of the things I want you to catch is, is for you guys, now, don't mishear me. I know that a lot of you are sitting there going, whew, man, off the hook this week, man, because I have not had to deal with this. But there's been something else. There's been something else that's happened in your life that happened in one day, and, you, and, you, and you're still numb. Like if Jake and I walked off the stage and just like worship band came up and we just started praying, like there's no doubt in my mind that this altar will be full because I think all of us deal with, here's the word, are you ready? Loss. It may be a, a lost relationship. It may be a lost loved one. It may have been a, a, a lost dream or career. It may have been something that took something from you. And, and abilities through a wreck. Or, I mean, I, I don't know. But I don't know of anybody that in this life doesn't experience loss. And, and I love what you said on the video. You said, it's okay to be lost. It's just not okay to stay there. So 10 years into it, let's talk just briefly. Tell me about this, this change that starts. Tell me about... This concept, like, like your mom's remarried, she's happy, Tim's modeling, you're seeing all this stuff, and, and you're still numb and trying to get through the days, but all of a sudden, everything starts to change. Tell me about that situation, please. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, um, my numbness was also filled with anger, and I think I just got tired of, of being angry and numb. Numb and angry is the, the loneliest place you can possibly be. And so there's a day that starts to change everything, and it actually happened uh, not quite five years ago. And it started in this very building. Tell me about when you finally made a decision that, hey, you know what, I'm, 
I'm tired, I'm numb, I'm angry, I'm hearing different things, and, and for whatever reason, you decide to, to show up here. Yeah, I had people in my life telling me uh, to come, come to Crossroads, come, come, just come listen to Mickey. They didn't tell me Mickey's story, but they just kind of pushed me into just come and just try it out. Um, one Sunday, I, I, I finally did. I was hoping for a free lunch for my mom, so I thought if I came on Sunday, she'd give me lunch. So I sat, I sat right over there, and I, I, um, I just looked at my watch over and over, waiting for it to get over like I usually do on Sunday. Me too. <laughs> Especially today. But uh, Mickey's, Mickey said uh, the words get bitter or get better. And um, I, would, I got so mad at him. I'd never met him, but I was so mad at him. Because um, who was he to tell me he's never been through anything in his life? He, he's got a perfect wife, a perfect, perfect kids, perfect life. He doesn't know what bitter's like, so he's never had to get better. And so my not listening to him turned into listening to him because I was angry. And I think five minutes later, he said that his father had also committed suicide. And that, those words changed my life forever. Because I keep hearing the song over and over in the past couple weeks that talks about joy and chaos. And his joy in, in his chaos, it's not that it was joy, but it was that it was that he had made it through it and he was here showing people that you can make it through it. And I think that that's one of the things I want to live on the rest of my life is have joy in your chaos, have joy in your scars because your scars show something that other people see those scars heal, but they still see the scars and that healing can change their life completely like yours did that day for me. That's good. There's a scripture, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. That you're going to see on the screen. And it simply says this. Blessed be the God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies and our God of all comfort. Who Listen to this. Who comforts us in our times of trouble. So that we can comfort others. Like, like I need you to hear something. Alright. I, I, I want you to hear this story unfold a little bit more and, and we'll talk a little bit more about this because there's a little bit of humor there but like I never realized that me getting through something had more to do with other people's future than my own now not being narcissistic this ain't about me don't mishear me but you need to hear that Like, I love you, and I want you to have everything that God wants for you. But I also know how God works and how he uses people. And I want you to get through your stuff, not just because of what my love for you, but because, I, because of people that you ain't even met yet, that you're going to have an influence in your life, that they need you to get through it. You had told me that when <laughs> you... you before you came, ironically, Miss Leanne, Jake's mother, reached out to me. And I, I don't know how I portrayed it, but I think I made her pretty upset because she said, hey, I'd, I'd like for you to kind of reach out to Jake. And, you know, and I was like, well, I, I'll, I'll pray for him. You know, when he's ready, he'll, you know, I didn't tell her no, but I was just like, I'm, I'm, you know, when he's ready, he'll, he'll come. And I think she's kind of like, what? Like, you're not going to, like, you're not like, like, she was not happy. Yeah, 
let's tell on Leanne for a minute. I mean, <laughs> she, I mean she, she was like, who is this guy? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm try, like, you're supposed to be a pastor. And, and the reason, and don't mishear me, here's the thing that I want you to catch in all of these stories. You're not the fixer. You're not the savior. You're, you're not the hope. You can be a vessel to bring those things, but you got to be careful that you're doing what God's calling you to do first rather than getting caught up. And don't mishear me. Leanne was an amazing mother just like my mother. And she was praying and doing everything. And the first time I ever talked to Leanne, she'll probably remember this, but I thought I was like, it's going to be fine. Because I knew her prayer life. And I was like, I can be patient because I know your prayer life. And so if you're a mom that's dealing with something and you may have a kid that you're trying to pull on a little bit, or you may be a a spouse and you're pulling on your spouse a little bit, or you may be a grandmother, listen, take a deep breath with me, it's going to be okay. You say, what gives you the right to say that? 30 years of watching it be okay. I promise God's word and his promises are true. And I want you to know that. But in the process of making sure that everybody else is okay, today can you make sure you're okay? I wrote down here, and and this isn't about crossroads. I, I just want them to hear this. But you talked about the get better or get better. But, but you said, you, you no doubt in your mind, you had accepted Christ at age 16. But it's just that in this time frame, in this numbness, you knew that God was there, but you were just kind of hiding yourself. I, I have a scripture. You'll throw it up. It's Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, which is so common. And, and look, I mean, this is the garden, right? Like Eve and Adam have, have sinned. They've got some things that they have done in their life. God's coming into the garden, wanting to spend some time with them, doing the same thing he's always done, and and listen to what they say. They turn around, they heard God there, and they hid themselves, and God's like, hey, where are you at? And they're like, oh, we're over here. Now, the rest of this story, which is hilarious because they try to justify it, and they're like, oh, we we were hiding ourselves because we were naked. And God's like, who told you you were naked? Oh, dang, you know, and they knew they were busted. Listen to me. I don't want to talk about naked. But there's a things that you're ashamed of that God never intended for you to be ashamed of. Like all of us in this room are wearing clothes because we're like, I ain't showing that to nobody. And God's like, I made that. Now, don't mishear me. We still keeping our clothes. We ain't going to, like, y'all keep your clothes. But, like, isn't it funny how things that God created to be amazing, we allow people to determine and make it shameful. And it's funny when we're talking about clothing. But it ain't funny when it's our life. Because it puts us in a place of being lost and trying to find what's next. And and so you, you come to Crossroads and... You hear this bitter, you can get bitter, or you can get better. And, and then you had this, this one particular group that just really changed everything for you. And it was this in-depth Bible study that was like praying and fasting. And I think it's the book of Revelation. 
No, what, what was it? <laughs> the book of softball. The book of softball. Amen. He, he said, man, I got involved in the community group. And it was our softball team. Back-to-back champ softball team. Not thanks to you. <laughs> Undefeated pitcher. We have this softball going on, and it, tell me about that. Seriously, on a different note, because we're in the middle of community groups and launching and talking about relationships. Why, why was softball such a big deal to you? I think it showed me. I, I'd been through. I've been in church my entire life, um, and it, it never felt real. Um, the people that were there never felt real. And, and softball, and, and unfortunately, the person that keeps popping up in my head is Hester. But he, I, th- those guys just showed me that it was, you can be a normal, good man and love Jesus, and it's, it's, it's something to be proud of and not something to be ashamed of. And we're joking around a little bit, but I, I want to make sure you hear that. Do you know what people are looking for? Real. It's not your excuse to to do everything you want to do and be like, well, I'm just being real. But they're they're looking for something to define normal and it actually be normal. Like we've all been around people that love Jesus and you're like, man, I can't do that. Like they're really good. Like, Like Jesus saved them because like, if not, he may have been Jesus. You know, like, it, I mean, it's like they're, they're so, but what, and all of a sudden you start to get to know people. And you're like, wait a minute, they got issues too. They, they've got a past too. They've got a problem too. They've had struggles too. They've had different things happen in their life. In fact, do yourself a favor, just a minute. Look around the room for a minute. Just, just for, just, yeah, it's okay. I know you don't normally do that. Hey, how are you doing? Didn't know these people showed up late. They're in the back. But it's one of those things. <laughs> and, and look, what you just saw was a bunch of people that all of us, have things that we went through. All of us have struggles. So, Jake, how did this change you? Tell me what it is that Jake Smiley at 30 compared to Jake Smiley at 19. Ah, that's a tough question. Um, it's not worth 10 years of your life. Um, and, and those 10 years were so quick, but they were also so long and, and miserable. Um, God's reaching out to try to pull you out of that, that, that foxhole. Hannah put it perfect. I mean, she, I've never heard anybody put it more perfect. Um, the foxhole is the most lonely place in the world, and it feels like it's the safest, but the safest is out of the foxhole and, and running through life wide open. Uh, because life is, is worth living, and it's not worth being lost and, and being numb and a robot for the rest of your life. It's not. Well, you said you stepped out, and, and again, please don't mishear me. This has nothing to do with this church. I want you to see the, the God story. So you step out, and I said, okay, Jake, tell, tell me his story in you. And you talked about how you accepted Christ at, at age 16, but you just kind of, you knew he was always there, but you was hiding from him. But when you show up at Crossroads, all of a sudden you started seeing some different things. And again, don't. Don't let the word crossroad throw you off. We're talking about Jesus, okay? Because he's like, you know, what are the chances that I show up and, and listen to somebody preach and the pastor, you know, his dad had committed suicide? And the first person that you met when you walked in the door, 
So a little bit more about that first time I was ever here. I walked from that door to that door right there, and there was a girl standing there. Um, I had on a Predator shirt, and she said, I like that shirt, and I've never been more scared in my entire life. She terrified me. <laughs> um, but uh, it was my beautiful future bride, and I, God directed my worst day of my entire life to the best thing to ever happen to me. And I think that that is about as undeniable as you can imagine. Can you put this scripture up, Romans chapter 8, verse 28? We hear it a lot, but I want to make sure that you hear this. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. You know, we... Some people will take that scripture and they'll twist it. Now, I want to make sure you understand something about Jake's story, my story, your story, all of our story. God doesn't take bad things and make bad things good. Like, there was a choice that was made that's just like, nah, why? You know, there's things that have happened in your life that's just like, nah. But he can take all things, bad and good and use them for the good if if it's the last part put that scripture one more time up there it's the last part if you have the calling if you understand your purpose you say well Mickey what's my purpose everybody has the same purpose is to love God by serving others. We just all do it in different ways. Well, Jake, what's the one thing, and you may have already said that, and this is okay, but what's the one person, what's the one thing you'd say to the person that's sitting here today that's joining us online or that's going to listen to this podcast later that, that's, they're having to deal with some stuff, they've had something that has really set them back? What, what would you tell them? I think that, the most powerful thing you have in your life is your life that God gave you. And for other people to, other people watch you live that life. And you can, without knowing what you're doing, if you live your life correctly, pull people out of a pit that you don't even know they're in. And I think that that is a powerful way to live every day because you never know what anybody's going through. But you, if you live your life correctly and you, you're proud of your scars and proud of what you've been through, then your life is going to change other people's lives. Will you guys do me a favor and thank Jake Smiley for joining me on stage? You, you say, Mickey, what's the point? The point is, is I think all of you are still sitting in the same situation that I'm sitting in, that Jake's mentioned. And in this thing called life, like it really is as simple as a choice. You can let the things of your past cause you to get bitter. Or you can move towards better. You say, Mickey, where did that come from? It came from the Veterans Cemetery off of Gallatin Road in Madison, Tennessee. There's a big cedar tree there that if you step off of that cedar tree and go about 20 feet, You'll hit a row of tombstones, and if you go to the right, about three down, 
you'll see a Dwight T. Clark, which was my biological father. But as they were lowering him down, I was standing under that tree, and my uncle's wife and Ann's dad, who I didn't know, I was like, who is this man? I'd never seen somebody that brought so much comfort in a time of struggle. But he came over, and I'm breaking down, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 12, and I don't know really what's going on. All I just know is, like, this is not good. And he just grabs and hugging me, and I never forget, he, he, he's, he, was a, he was a taller guy. Of course, everybody's taller than me. <laughs> but I remember he just kind of got right on my level. And that's when I heard this statement, because he said, young man, he said, you got a choice to make. He said, you can either get better or you can get better. Didn't know Jesus at the time. Didn't know of a calling that was going to be put on my life. I didn't know of Amy Lou. Didn't know of five, I didn't know anything. But I never realized how all these years later, there's not been any phrase that's been more true in life. And can I ask you a question? Because I know life's happened, right? Are you bitter or are you better? Like, do you find yourself when you go to work complaining more about having to be at work? Or do you find joy in what God's allowing you to do to provide for your family? Like on Friday nights and Saturday nights and Sundays, are, are you dreading Monday's coming? When you get off work, are you, are you running home to the family? Or are you taking the long way home? See, the thing with bitterness is it has these tentacles that just reach out into every aspect of your life. And before you know it, it's changed everything. You say, well, Mickey, I, I don't know what to do about that. The reality is, is I've got some relationships that no longer exist because of my bitterness. I've got some opportunities with career that no longer exist because of my bitterness. I've got da 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 I mean, like, like I know. But the question is, when are you going to change? I think Jake's words at the very end are the most powerful point of today. The life that God's given you to leverage that, to pull other people out of the pits, is a very powerful and amazing life. But it means, listen, It means you got to go deal with some stuff, doesn't it? And I want you to know I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you've got to go deal with some stuff. I wish I could tell you, hey, just, just, just forgive and forget. You know, God forgives and forgets. You should forgive and forget. Well, guess what? You ain't God. 
You can't forget. But you can deal with it through him. And you can allow him to leverage it to become something more. See, some of you have bought a lie that there has to be worse days and then there has to be great days. But you don't realize that, no, that what, what there really is is there's, there's one life in this crazy roller coaster, up, down, mountaintop, valley, sloppy, messy, crazy, hurtful life is the most amazing thing in the world. It just depends on how you're going to let God take you through the valley. You know, at a lot of funerals, you'll hear pastors, they'll say, Psalms 23, where he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know what I'm tell you? you know, can I give you a little piece of advice? And then I'm going to pray. Some of you need to quit camping in the valley and you need to start walking through it. Yes, there's going to be a stream. Yes, water goes to the lowest point. Yes, there's going to be vegetation. Yes, it's going to look great. But in the valley is where the hurt and the pain is. And that's the reason why it's where death sits. And if you stay there long enough, you're just going to find yourself like, boom, life's over. You died. You died. You just, you just, a rut ain't nothing but a grave dug out on both ends. You stay there long enough, you're going to die. And God's going, I've, I've got something bigger for you. Like, I know you think this is great, but wait till you see the view from the top. You just got to walk through it. So today, as we get ready to worship, I want to ask you a very personal question. Are you bitter or are you better? And where's Jesus fit in your life story? Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you don't miss out. Also, if you want to help support reaching more people with these life-giving messages, visit crossroadscommunitychurch.com slash give. Once again, thanks for listening.